We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Pop Torah with Rabbi Iznopf and Olitsky, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Pop Torah, the podcast where we look at pop culture from a Jewish perspective and look at Judaism through the lens of pop culture. As always, we are your hosts. I am Rabbi Michael Knopf. And I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And today we are talking about the latest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, The Marvels, uh, a uh, team up with uh, Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel and whatever Monica Rambo's character is now going to be called. Uh, maybe Photon? You know maybe Photon? Photon? Okay, sure. Why not? Um, and we are also uh, going to talk about uh, all things Marvel, the, the current state of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, particularly uh, because uh, uh, as news broke yesterday, as we're recording this, uh, that uh, Jonathan Majors, uh, who had played King the Conqueror uh, in various forms and iterations uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, previously, uh, and around whose character... Uh, uh, this next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe was supposed to be built around, um, including uh, having uh, Aven- the next Avengers movie being called The King Dynasty, um, was uh, convicted of, uh, of, uh, of, of domestic abuse charges or charges related to domestic, domestic uh, abuse, uh, faces up to uh, a year or more in prison, uh, and was uh, subsequently... Uh, dropped by Marvel and Disney, uh, along with his uh, um, uh, representation. Um, uh, uh, And uh, um, so Marvel is now in the process of picking up the pieces from that, regrouping and and, and moving forward. So it's a a challenging and interesting time. It was already a challenging and interesting time uh, in the history of the MCU. um, And uh, it it seems to be uh, more so moving forward. Uh, Jesse, you want to start with uh, just catching us up on what all happened in the Marvels? I will sure. tell you that uh, that I saw this movie uh, over the Thanksgiving break with my family. We enjoyed it, uh, and I subsequently have forgotten just about everything related to the plot of the movie, which may or may not tell you anything about me as a moviegoer or about the movie itself. Higher, further, faster. That's that's Higher, how further, that- faster. That's how quickly it leaves your mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that that's an unfortunate reality of the movie, but it's also unfortunate reality of where we are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Marvels was a fun movie. It was an entertaining yeah. superhero movie. I thought the action scenes were good. I thought the dialogue uh, was pretty good. There were some real uh, laughs. Um, shout out to uh, the Flurgans uh, who, who came on strong and, and they ended up... Uh, swallowing people that's the that's the that's the cat monster alien thing yeah they ended up saving it's called a flurgan Uh, a flurkin yes a flurkin with a k i believe so yes they and like see we're getting a place i think where basically you know marvel uh just turns to like the swedish chef uh, for names for uh, for characters in its movies, it's like yeah, sure, why not call it a flurkin? It's a you know, it's, it's a it's a 
it's it's a it's a zapzope. You know who cares? Yeah. It's a it's a foreign it's a it's a foreign alien species. Whatever. the 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 point is, um, it was a fun movie, but I think because there's an expectation that it needs to build, uh, be something uh, essential and build on these, you know, 33 plus titles. Um, if it doesn't do that, then it's a failure. The movie was a sequel of sorts. It was a sequel to uh, Captain Marvel uh, 2019 film. It was a sequel to the Disney plus miniseries Miss Marvel. It was also a sequel slash follow-up to the Disney Plus WandaVision, where Monica Rambeau was was introduced uh, as an adult. Um, and you could argue that it was also a sequel and follow-up to, um, to Endgame, because there's some references to Thanos a- as well. Um, Samuel and, Jackson... And I, and, I would say, and I would say, insofar as um, uh, the Marvel series uh, Secret Invasion was connected to the events of uh, both uh, Avengers Endgame and uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, This is also kind of in the same, I don't know where exactly, honestly, it falls in the continuity uh, of the timeline, uh, but it's it's certainly connected to that storyline. Yeah, um, I would say Samuel Jackson uh, I liked him a lot more th- th- in this than in Secret Invasion. That show uh, was a big disappointment. But that being said, uh, the the storyline is nothing special. Um, we just can, can I actually we just pause before you even get into the plot of the um, of the movie. I think you know as we we've mentioned this a, a few times lately, and I I think that you and I have differing opinions about this. Um, but but it, it 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 seems to me, or let me rephrase that. It has felt to me that the um, that the fact that it is so difficult and complicated to name all of the uh, um, uh, uh, connections uh, to the storyline of this particular movie, where it falls on the uh, on the timeline and continuity of the of the storylines. The various characters are involved, where they where we first see them, where they originated from, all of those things. The fact that that you know it feels like you have to you know really kind of be immersed in this universe and in this lore to truly appreciate what's going on um uh has has increasingly felt to me um like a a, a liability of the MCU i i enjoyed this movie even though i didn't understand a lot of where the continuity was and where it was in the timeline which is i think a strength of the movie i i i agree with you uh, but it, but it, uh, uh, but nevertheless, I, you know, there, there were points at which I was like, uh, I actually have no idea what's going on. I'm enjoying this, but I have no idea what's going on. And and I think that that's fine, right? That should make it just a fun, enjoyable movie to have to not know necessarily what's going on and not know all the details should have made uh, it easier for more people to come, especially around sort of the Thanksgiving holiday, right? To the beginning of winter holiday movie season. Um, Essentially the story, and I'll go through it briefly because it's not so important and essential. Miss Marvel, part of what gives her some of her powers is a a, uh, bangle that she's received from her great-grandmother. Turns out we find out in this movie that it is a quantum band. Uh, and Dar Ben, who is the new leader of the Cree, after a Cree civil war happens, see your most of our listeners are lost already. After a 
Cree civil war happens following Carol Danvers destroying the supreme intelligence of the that leads the Cree empire at the end of um Captain Marvel one um leads to a, a lack of resources um uh, of the Cree right that they they are in a a state uh, of starvation and poverty and so using this quantum ban um what Darben is trying to do is to open up jump points throughout the universe to travel quickly through space to steal resources from other places, right? Air, water, that sort of thing. Um, because uh, of what their powers are, when she does that, as we saw in the post credit scene at the end of Miss Marvel, when all of a sudden uh, Captain Marvel appears in, Monica, uh, in, in uh, Kamala Khan's place, we find that um, there is a quantum entanglement that takes place and Monica Rambeau, uh, Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel are constantly uh, switching places every time uh, they use their powers. That's just as fun. Right. It's fun. It's comical. It leads to some very cool uh, fight scenes with good cinematography. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, they team, have to team up in order to defeat Darben. But what we see um, is two things. One, I would say how the Kree, who, who are evil, but how they will go to great lengths to harm other people in order to help their people who are in need. Uh, two, we see the power of team coming together and these three female superheroes coming together. Um, and then three, what we see how the movie ends, spoiler alert, big spoiler alert, it ends in two ways. One, we see Monica Rambeau goes through this jump point and ends up in another uh, universe of, of the multiverse. She disappears entirely. Um, <clears throat> the movie ends with a pre-credits, like pre-end credit scene uh, of... Um, Kamala Khan playing almost like the Nick Fury role, and we catch up with um, the the new Hawkeye, uh, right? With with Kate, and um, uh, she's clearly forming the Young Avengers, and this will be the next big team up movie. And then we also see a post credit scene where um, after she meets up with Kate Bishop, and or mid credit scene rather, where Monica Rambo awakes in a hospital bed, and she's next to her mother Maria Rambo, and we get so excited because her mother died, and we thought this is a reunion, but her mother doesn't recognize her at all, and turns out she's wearing a uniform that is the uniform of binary, uh, which is actually a uh, another form that Captain Marvel takes on in the comic books, and then we see the mutant scientist Hank McCoy or Beast of X Men, and so she's now all of a sudden in this. X-Men universe, which is clearly setting up uh, for them to cross paths, clearly introducing the X-Men into the multiverse, into the MCU, Secret Wars, etc. Fine. What I find fascinating is that the movie grossed 200 plus, barely 200 plus million dollars worldwide um, and had a budget of 274 million. It is now the lowest grossing film ever uh, by the MCU. Um, Captain Marvel, right, which is a, a female leading title, um, happened to be one of the highest grossing films ever. And so the question is, why is this so, so uh, much considered a bomb um, when I thought it was an enjoyable movie? To put things in perspective, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania which Mike, you hated, I thought was fine. Gross worldwide, $476 million. Um, still considered a, a flop 
um, because it should have done more. Thor, Love and Thunder. I thought this movie was better than Thor, Love and Thunder. Thor, Love and Thunder grossed $760 million. Doctor Strange and in the Multiverse of Madness, right? That came out last year. That grossed $955 million, almost a billion dollars. I thought this movie was better than that. More enjoyable, certainly. And so what is it about this movie that caused it to be such a flop? The only thing that I can conclude is the hatred of... Uh, this being a, a female-led film and a sort of misogyny that still exists. I, I certainly think that that's a big uh, factor here. I mean, it's 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 hard to avoid. Uh, it also uh, it shows, it testifies to, you know, the power of, um, of, of groupthink uh, and the, I think, um, uh, as you, as you and I have talked about before, I, I think the, the uh, pernicious impact of uh, review aggregating sites like Rotten Tomatoes that can really, you know, uh, overweight um, uh, 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 opinions that really ought not uh, deserve to get a lot of airing um, and, you know, create a, uh, a narrative about a movie that is unfair or untrue uh, to the quality of the actual movie itself. Um, so uh, I think that that the Marvels is definitely a a, a victim of of that kind of uh, uh, dynamic, um, and you know particularly as it relates to the sort of misogyny of comic book uh, and uh, and and internet culture. Um, I think for sure. Uh, I think it also that impacted the original Captain Marvel, uh, even though it was a uh, it, it did well. Um, it it you know by uh, I you'd have to run through the numbers again, but if I remember correctly, um, it did not. Uh, do quite as well as uh, I think Marvel was hoping it would do. Um, and it didn't do uh, quite as well by the standards of how Marvel movies were doing at the time that it uh, came out. It was comparatively weaker than some of the other mo Marvel movies around uh, around the same time. Um, so, uh, um, uh, and I and I, but I do think that the Marvels was funner and more enjoyable even than the original Captain Marvel. And I, ag I agree. I agree. Um, I do. I, I think I, I like Brie Larson. I think she's a great uh, actor and and, uh, and and like her in this role. I love the dynamic that she has with Samuel Jackson. I love Samuel Jackson in general. Uh, I, I agree with you that I think Samuel Jackson is uh, 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 better, funner, uh, higher, farther, faster, whatever in, in this movie uh, and in the original Captain Marvel, even though there were problems with the de-aging technology that uh, uh, at the time that that movie uh, came out uh, very heavily over relied on it. Um, still, like uh, the 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 chemistry and dynamic between Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson is great. Um, uh, 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 remind me the actor who plays Kamala Khan. Um, Iman Vellani. Iman Vellani. We we talked about this when we talked about Ms. Marvel. She, right. she is. She was the best part of the movie. She by the way. is an incredible find. Uh, um, you know, just a charisma, just a total charisma bomb. Um, and, uh, you know, I would have, I would have loved to have seen a, a, a Ms. Marvel movie. I think that the, or, that the Ms. Marvel series should have been a movie. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the series. So yeah, I, I agree that the quality of the film does not match, uh, the, 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 the critical or audience, uh, uh, reaction to it. Uh, it, it, it should not have, uh, been as big a commercial failure as it was. I do think that it's important to name, uh, not discounting the, the misogyny factor explanation, but I think it's important to name. I don't think it's superhero fatigue per se, um, because I think that 
that you know good superhero like uh blue beetle did uh decent business and you know other superhero movies have done fine um i do think that there is an element of marvel fatigue here in particular um and and it's some of what i was naming before that uh that that watching marvel properties right now um sometimes feels like homework um it's it, you know it, it no matter how fun the movie is or the particular uh movie or show is right and i i actually have not really i watched maybe one or two episodes of the new loki i, I thought it was fine enjoyable as it was but i felt like i had to remember so much about the first season of loki i had to know so much about marvel lore to like really appreciate it that i was like ah like I, I don't have the the right investment in in this. Like it, it you know, I, 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 I can't be bothered with it. Um, it's like you know, it, it's it, it, it drains the fun from it. Um, to have to have so much of that in your mind in order to really appreciate what's going on. So I had fun in the Marvels. Um, but I, I, I certainly would have had more fun if I was deeper into the lore. Um, and found myself taken out of the fun of the movie. Uh, by, kind of being puzzled about what was going on sometimes. Yeah, I, I think that that is absolutely fair. Um, I think, you know, one of the best things that could happen for Marvel from uh, both the actor strike and the writer strike was rethinking um, how many titles they release in a year, right? At the at peak COVID, they were trying to pump out, you know, three, four Disney Plus shows a year and three movies, that sort of thing. Um, but I think about it, I think it was... Uh, Right. This year, three movies came out. Um, last year, three Marvel movies came out. They said in 2024, only one Marvel movie is coming out. Um, Deadpool 3, uh, which I think also brings a, a different level of hype and that sort of thing. It will also be the very first R-rated movie in the, the MCU. Um, I think... Right, because that... the previous two Deadpool movies were not part of the MCU, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, this gives them the opportunity to really, I think... Do, do a hard reset, uh, uh, not on the universe, but to really think the goals of, of their movies, right? They are now looking at series as anthologies of, of sort of uh, Disney Plus series as a standalone rather than having it to be so interconnected to the universe to have to watch that show and the, you know, six or nine episodes of that show in order to fully understand everything else going on. I think that will be really important. Uh, additionally, you know, I, I also believe um, that it's getting harder to share a story that makes sense that with this interconnective tissue. And, and I, I agree with you. Um, I think I thought it was a good story. I thought it was a fine story. I thought if this movie came out 10 years ago, uh, people would have loved it. Um, but uh, it's becoming increasingly a challenge to make superhero movies feel fresh, feel different especially when they're movies that are set in the cosmic universe, right? Movies that are off world movies that spend little time on this planet and most of their time in outer space with aliens uh, dealing um, with uh, a galaxy that we don't understand, right? The flip side, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy three. We love Guardians of the Galaxy three. Um, we, we thought it was, you know, one of the best uh, of the, the trilogy that did very well, uh, but it could be because that was a completion to a story um, and this is something brand new. Uh, this is trying to carry a story forward. And I think the multiverse story as a whole um, has struggled to carry to, to be carried forward. 
And there was something a lot more self-contained about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, right? Even though it was a sequel to uh, to two sequels um, and, and, and also, you know, had obvious connections to uh, the rest of the MCU, including, you know, a connection to uh, Avengers Endgame with with, you know, Thor being part of the uh, of the Guardians and and, and so on. Um, those connections were much uh, subtler and less, um, uh, less, less, uh, integral to the plot of the movie. Like the movie could really just be enjoyed on its own all the more. So if you already love those characters, uh, from the, from the previous movies, but I could imagine going to guardians of the galaxy three, um, not having seen any of the other, uh, uh, Marvel properties, including the previous two guardians of the galaxies and still really enjoying it. I, I really could. Um, I think you maybe could do that a little bit with the Marvels, right? But that, that was a, a feature of some of the earlier Marvel, uh, properties, uh, you know, certainly in the first, uh, three phases of Marvel, um, where you could, you know, jump into any of those stories and and enjoy the movies uh, um, without necessarily uh, having to be you know uh, uh, up to speed on all of the connective tissue at least the ones that worked best right um, you know so uh, I I do think and I, I think we've we've uh, talked about this a little bit but I think about this uh, I actually uh, sort of joked uh, on uh, Facebook I was like I, you know I think that uh, we need. Um, a, a Hebrew school for for Marvel uh, because uh, it's 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 increasingly impossible to uh, enjoy any of these uh, movies unless you uh, um, uh, are uh, uh, unless you are, are literate in uh, in in what's going on. And I said that kind of jokingly, but I I I see in this like I imagine um, how uh, a lot of Jews feel um, going to synagogue right um and you know being sort of dropped into a, a, a an all hebrew prayer service uh or you know hearing about a a, a law in or a teaching from a story in the torah um that is deeper and richer and um and and uh more i think uh interesting if uh the, the more one has a reference point for those things um uh, that uh, that that maybe can be enjoyable um, if you don't, um, but the but the uh, uh, barrier for access is is so high. Um, so for me, you know, like, and I, and I can also see why a lot of people are just like, ah, it's not worth it. Like, like, what does Judaism do for me? Um, that's that's worth the investment I'd have to put in in order to like learn the stuff to get as much out of it as I could get out of it, right? And and so that's part of how I'm feeling about Marvel right now is like it's like. Do I enjoy Marvel enough? Does does it benefit my life that much to invest my time in it anymore? I think that's fair. Uh, I think that would also be very interesting. Uh, I sort of assumed with a lack of movies coming out that this may be, may, may be something, you know, uh, Aquaman 2 comes out over Christmas weekend and uh, it has nothing to do with the future of the DCEU, that sort of thing, um, because the, the DCEU doesn't, uh, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But there aren't movies that are really coming out for for months to come because of the actor strike, because of the writer strike, um, and so it'll be very interesting to see. You know, can a movie be just enjoyable? Um, do people have a desire 
um, to go see it, to go watch it, to go to the movies? Is there the same as sort of like movie going experience? Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. I think that that's going to be an interesting test case because, you know, as you uh, recall, and as we discussed, uh, The Flash, which was, uh, you know, both kind of the, the last movie from the previous administration at the DCEU, but James Gunn uh, was hoping to make it kind of like the bridge or the first installment of his version of the DCEU. Um, uh, um, you know, uh, it, it flopped for a handful of reasons, um, but perhaps among them uh, being audience confusion about the continuity, uh, the audience not caring about the continuity, um, the audience not being invested in the continuity. So the Aquaman, um, I think, will be an interesting test case uh, for a couple reasons. One, because Aquaman, the first one, was fun. Um, it didn't really matter whether or not it was connected to the rest of that previous DCEU. Jason Momoa is just a fun performer to watch, and the whole thing is just you know kind of like silly fun. Um, uh, and I, this one also looks to be in that vein, so we'll see you know when it actually comes out. Um, I, I will tell you that my nine-year-old is very excited about it. Uh, uh, but I'm glad, but I'm glad maybe, someone is. But, but maybe the fact that it is deliberately not connected to this next iteration of the DCEU might be a benefit to it. That like, you know, it, sure, you can may, maybe they have a good time in the, this movie. Yeah, maybe the connective tissue is what makes these movies too complicated. Uh, speaking of connective tissue, yeah. um, right? Uh, starting with phase four, um, they, they really set up this idea of the multiverse saga, right? There was the um, Infinity Saga that culminated in Avengers Endgame. And then there was this multiverse saga. A large chunk of that was talking about um, certainly the the the, the um, idea that there are multiple universes, multiple timelines, that sort of thing. Uh, at the core of this saga seemed to be the character of King the Conqueror. Uh, we were first introduced to Jonathan Majors in that role as He Who Remains in the finale of Loki season one. Uh, he played uh, Kang, the bad guy in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Uh, and then he he played a version of himself, um, um, Victor Timely, in Loki Season 2. Uh, amidst all this, um, he was arrested um, because he was charged uh, and then charged with um, both uh, harassment um, and um, uh, third-degree reckless assault. As you mentioned, he could... Uh, face up to a year in prison. Um, since that news, he was quickly fired by Disney and Marvel Studios. Uh, and the question is twofold. One, how Marvel moves forward. Um, I I appreciate that they made this move, right? I, I appreciate mm. that this is that that they understood an actor's actions in real life have consequences um we live in a world where we are taught to believe women you know i've spent a great deal of time since october 7th um flabbergasted by feminist organizations um that have refused to call out hamas for their atrocities of sexual assault and abuse and rape against women because it was israel because it was jewish women um and so i take comfort into a, a studio executive believing women and saying and seeing that he was found guilty and holding him accountable for his actions and can't uh, reward him by being the role, by being this face of the franchise. I also think that it would have backfired against them if they kept him in this role, uh, right? Ha having a a somebody who is guilty of assault and abuse and harassment 
being the the face of the franchise going forward. Uh, the question then is, how does Marvel move forward when they had a sort of saga set up with him as the main big bad? Yeah. Well, let, let me just underscore uh, something you said to to you know bring in uh, a little bit of of Jewish tradition here as well, right? Uh, you know, we're 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 taught uh, in in Jewish law that uh, that that we're forbidden uh, from uh, strengthening uh, or or supporting those who uh, are perpetrators of of crimes. Um, and uh, and we talked about this uh, when we were discussing the Flash um, and uh, Warner Brothers and, and DC's uh, questionable, at least, decision um, to, uh, to to retain uh, um, Ezra um, Miller. Miller, thank you, uh, as uh, you know, their temple star of this franchise, uh, despite his very you know, troubling uh, there, sorry, uh, very troubling. Uh, uh, you know, recent behavior and, and accusations of abuse against him, against them, um, and uh, and, and so I, I'm grateful that uh, that the DC, uh, that rather the Disney and Marvel, uh, uh, did the right thing at least from the perspective of, of Jewish ethics uh, here as well. Um, it does point to, you know, it's it, it's interesting when you think about the history of the MCU, um, because you know the MCU actually uh, uh, was kind of designed and built. Um, not to have to rely on uh, one actor or one character, um, and and that even you know goes into the um, to the decision to cast uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man in the first Iron Man. I mean that that movie itself was a big gamble at the time. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. was a big gamble as an actor at the time. He had uh, a, a, a a long, very public history. Of uh, of substance abuse and uh, and and criminal behavior, um, and was was relatively untouchable uh, in in Hollywood uh, by that point, despite his considerable talents. Um, and so Disney, uh, uh, Marvel rolled the dice on uh, on Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and and on Iron Man for that movie. It worked. Uh, and and so they kind of moved on to the next iterations or phases of the uh, and, and projects within the MCU. But if for some reason, uh, uh, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr., God forbid, you know, had an issue, they could have continued the building the universe. Um, without Iron Man, uh, one can imagine, right? Without Robert Downey Jr., right? They had, you know, they had introduced already in that first Iron Man uh, uh, war machine, and, uh, and right. So th there were ways that they could have pivoted and gone. And uh, and and uh, Marvel clearly did not learn from its own history in this current phase because they decided to essentially, you know, peg their you know entire franchise on one, not only one character. But one performer in the role of that character, um, who I, I I think Jonathan Majors is a really talented actor. I've, I've uh, uh, liked his performances in a lot that that he's been in. But if it were me, um, if I were running the MCU, which maybe you know uh, Disney's probably glad I'm not, but uh, or maybe now they maybe may, may if you if you're listening Disney, um, you can hire me because I'm clairvoyant in this. Um, but uh, I did not love Jonathan Majors' performance in uh, at the end of that first season of Loki. I I thought it was really uh, jarring tonally uh uh off um and um uh so part of, and i did not like ant-man and the wasp quantumania either so part of me is kind of glad 
in, in addition to the moral reasons that Disney's pivoting from this or Marvel's pivoting from this, uh, for the uh, for the entertainment reasons that that Marvel's pivoting from, it has an opportunity here, but it is a challenge and a problem for them moving forward for sure. And it does pose, I think, a, a question. We have this in, in Jewish tradition, right? Um, I don't know, necessarily know, you know, all the details of the biographies of every, you know, uh, a rabbi or figure that we celebrate. My guess is that there are troubling things in there, but there are certainly troubling things about the characters in the in the Tanakh, many of whom we venerate. Right? What do you do with those uh, uh, troubling figures and, and their stories within the tradition? Do you excise them? Do you uh, uh, reinterpret them? Do you reimagine them? Uh, do you reposition them? Well, well, those are two very different things, right? If we look at Torah as as uh, right, right, those are right. Kodesh. We can reinterpret the text, right? We can say that that Shimon and Levi were wrong um, for for slaughtering, right, all the neighbors of Shem. We can say that uh, Reuven was wrong for raping his father's wife, right? We can we can say all this, and we can uh, learn not just from. Uh, the biblical characters' actions, but also from their inactions. We can learn from their mistakes as well. Um, we can learn how to be better people. We can understand how Jacob was flawed. We can understand how Esau was a scapegoat at times. We can understand all of this. The question is, um, if Torah is set in stone or if we're making new scripture going forward for lack of a, a better analogy, right? Does Disney want to use that these flawed individuals who have done wrong going forward, right? And I don't think it's a fair comparison between Jonathan Majors who physically assaulted and abused women and Robert Downey Jr. who suffered from addiction, which we know is illness, Right, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Also, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not comparing their. No, their I, I, I know, I yeah. know. You're you're comparing the the risk that that Disney took that, that or that Marvel right. was not owned by Disney at the time that Marvel Studios took. Um, and I think that's fair. I also think that Marvel was willing to take the gamble also because Robert Downey Jr. did Chuva. Uh, and, and that that is not a part of anything that Jonathan Majors has done. He claimed that 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 he he was the victim here, um, and. and um, we know that uh, when somebody has predatory behavior, uh, they refuse to accept that. You can't uh, reward them for that behavior. Um, I, I agree. Maybe that um, they were they were at fault by taking this this gamble of having the whole cinematic universe be based on a single character. Um, but I think. Um, their actions are, are really important. Uh, it's an important stance to to women. It's an important stance for uh, victims of domestic abuse, um, which is often still not talked about enough uh, in uh, society. It's still pushed under the rug um, for a major movie studio to say that we are removing, we are firing this person who had a multi-picture deal, part of this saga, and... Even if that means we have to rewrite the saga, we're going to rewrite the saga. Apparently, according to Deadline, um, the next Avengers movie is being talked internally and referred to as Avengers 5, not Avengers King Dynasty. It will still be an Avengers movie, but are they changing the story? Who knows? They, in theory, the way they talked about it in Spoiler Alert at the end of season two of Loki, they could have wrapped up 
you know, the Kang storyline uh, cleanly enough that if they want to go in another direction, they can. They could recast Kang if they really want to do that. But to say that we are not going to work with this actor because he has abused women, I think is an important statement for a major television and motion picture franchise to take. Yeah, I, I think that we ought to be careful, though. And we, we talked about this when we were uh, talking about The Flash. Um you know, I would like to believe that Disney and Marvel uh, made this decision for uh, altruistic moral reasons because they believe women, because they don't want to uh, support an un un unrepentant perpetrator of, of harm. Um, and there may be a piece of that. Um, but I think we need to be clear eyed about the fact that, you know, Disney Marvel, uh, if Disney and Marvel thought that it would be within their financial interests. Uh, to retain Jonathan Majors uh, in this role and to continue working with him, I don't have much hesitation to assert that they that they would that they would do it, right? But I think that they realize that the public would be unwilling to support it, right? Uh, which is which says that's good. Um, but I but I but I do think that you know their their decision here is um, a, a cost benefit analysis financially uh, rather than. Uh, a, a a sort of more a moral um, flag in the ground. Yeah, and so I, it, it raises a question. It does that does raise a, a I think a, a Jewish ethical question. You know of uh, what what we would call mitzvah habab be'avera, right? Or or you know something that's that's uh, that's that's done even if it's not for the right reasons. So that, that may not be mitzvah habab be'avera is is a a good deed that that comes by doing uh, a, a wrong doing. I'm not necessarily saying that Disney did the wrong thing here, uh, but it's, uh, um, you know, is it is is a good deed done for the wrong reasons just as good as a good deed done for the right reasons? Um, that's, that's fair, but I, I think part of the power of people, right? Part of the power of us living our values is to, um, pressure institutions and organizations uh, and companies to uh, make decisions based on our morals and, and ethics as well. So even if uh, Disney is making this from a, a monetary decision, they're doing so because of the pressure of society and saying that we need to hold uh, people who are predators um, and, and people who uh, are guilty of domestic abuse responsible. We cannot prop them up. Uh, and even if Disney is not doing this from a, a, a place of, of ethics, but doing this from a, a place of business, uh, they're doing this in a place of business because uh, I think people are saying, uh, th thanks to the Me Too movement and onward, that we are not going to stand idly by and allow men who uh, um, are, are guilty of predatory behavior, violent predatory behavior to women to succeed and to go on as if uh, there's nothing wrong with their behavior. And so I commend Disney from this, for this decision, no matter whatever, uh, you know, direction the MCU goes, maybe this is another reason for an MCU reset or a pause, help them rethink storytelling. I just appreciate that the storytelling going forward uh, will not include Jonathan majors. Amen. Well, until next time, I am Rabbi Jesse Olitsky. And I'm Rabbi Michael Knopf. And no matter the future of uh, the MCU, we together, uh, the rabbis will be going higher, further, and faster. Higher, further, faster, baby.
Take care.